Hello and welcome to Heroes of New York. Many of you know that when I started the podcast Heroes of New York way back in April of 2020, it was mostly to share the stories of amazing people who've been doing things in and around their society to uplift the lives of others. And my main goal was to spread some cheer, some hope in humanity to everyone around. And Heroes of New York predominantly focuses on stories of people in and around New York. But from time to time, the show ventures out to share stories of really amazing people around the globe who've been doing something exceptional. And in today's episode, I introduce to you an individual all the way from India who's been doing some really great work in her society. Pranitha Timothy is a social worker and she was introduced to me by my very good friend Sarah. And I think Pranitha's story is so special because she has been working for over two decades, helping over thousands of individuals who don't have a voice. From working with mentally challenged people and families of prisoners to rescuing the victims of trafficking and bonded laborers, Pranitha has worked to bring dignity and purpose to many who have otherwise lost the will to survive. Now, what makes it special and stand out is Pranitha's own story. You see, over two decades back, when Pranitha was pursuing her master's in social work, she was diagnosed with brain tumor. What followed was two brain surgeries and a loss of voice. She lost most of her voice, but that didn't stop her from speaking up for the helpless. And I thought that was a truly inspiring story worth sharing. Tune into this episode where Pranitha shares what inspired her, the challenges that she faces, and what she thinks you and I can do to make a difference in our society. I hope you like the episode. And if you do, or if you would like to see us improve, leave us a feedback on your favorite podcast app. Hi, Pranitha. Welcome to Heroes of New York. It's a pleasure to have you here today. Thank you, Anu. It's my privilege to be with you. And happy Thanksgiving to you and your friends. Thank you. Thank you so much. I understand you have been going through a hurricane in your place. I hope everything is okay. Yes, in many ways we're thankful because the eye of the storm did not hit our city, but it went south where there are less people, less populated. So the damage and the loss of life has been minimized. So thank you for asking. Yeah, and it reminds me of the great work that you actually do for people around you. When I heard about your story, I was really inspired. And I thought that the listeners of Heroes of New York would love to know more about it. Can you tell us a little bit more on what inspired you on your journey? I think my inspiration started right from my childhood. I grew up among the poor. I grew up in a tiny village. My parents chose to work amongst the poor because they felt they had to give to community. So I saw gratitude in their life. Both of them were now doctors and they both served in an interior village, which still today is still backward. And I saw them, I saw them serve. And I think that's what led me to start working and looking at my surroundings and helping people. Definitely a very inspiring story. But at what point did you feel the urge to step out and serve humanity? In fact, you know, I looked at my parents and I was thinking, I will never do this, actually. I thought I want to just live a very comfortable life, city life, and did not want to work with a poor when I was growing up. But like you said, there was a turning point. I think there was a point in my life where I had rebelled so much against uh, 
what I had been through in my childhood. Because of my parents serving in the village, I grew up in a boarding school and accepted from my parents kind of caused a rebellion within me just for the sake of looking for identity, searching for meaning, purpose. And when I couldn't understand what was happening around me, I became rebellious. And that drove me to this path of complete, I would say, darkness. I became a hard-hearted person. I tried to cope with not feeling because I didn't want to love. I didn't want to get hurt. And so the turning point, I would say, is when I reached a point in my life when I'd been thrown out of every school, even the college that I was studying in, I was expelled from college, suspended for my behavior, and I was quite violent also. And at that point, I read a book which uh, spoke about how this woman who was so hard-hearted and dark in her place chose to follow the person Jesus. And I decided to give a chance. And I think I would call that the turning point because I had reached a point where I began to hate myself. I began to feel worthless, useless, had no identity. I was afraid of who I was becoming. And at that point, when I heard that if you, you know, the life of Jesus could transform you, I decided to give it a chance. And I saw my life transform from somebody who couldn't love at all to someone who was just broken by the pain that I see around. And I think that's when I understood what my parents were doing. They were serving the poor and seeing the need around them and responding to it. And I would say that is the turning point. The day I decided that I want my life to be different and I want to be able to love. Wow, that's such a beautiful transformation. Pranitha, I know from our previous conversation that you almost lost your voice at one point. And it's amazing that you speak for the voiceless today. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, uh, so I finished. I joined social work because I wanted to serve people and work among the poor. And as I finished social work, I was really excited. I wanted to go out, conquer the world, do my social work thing. But as soon as I finished, I was diagnosed with a brain tumor. And I had to undergo two surgeries. Right after my first surgery, I was almost bedridden. I lost my voice completely. I couldn't speak at all. That was a big shock because I didn't expect that. Yes, so my life completely changed, of course, from this person so bubbly and someone who was like just waiting to get out into the world and change the world. Suddenly I was stuck without a voice. And that kind of made me question, you know, I have this dream of bringing justice and how do I bring justice when I cannot speak? But again, you know, I read the Bible, I read the scriptures and in there it clearly said, you will not shout or cry out, but in faithfulness you will bring forth justice. And I understood that I have to be faithful with what I have and do what I can with what I have and I will see things change. And so interestingly, I served two among the sentenced 
prisoners, working with them, bringing their children back to where we lived. And we give out 27 children in that organizing. And all the while, I couldn't speak. And I was learning so much because it taught me that love needs no language. It doesn't need speech. I could just show love and I was accepted. Children accepted me as I am, without a voice, being mute, but mattered to them. So, yeah, I think it was a time that I learned so much. One of the best times or the basic foundations of my work during those two years that I spent without a voice. Isn't it beautiful that you can actually convey love without language? Yeah. So, Pranitha, where did that take you? So that took me to understand trauma because here I was working with children who had seen the father killing the mother. And what I saw as I lived with is resilience, the courage, the strength, and the human willingness to fight, you know. And that taught me that there is so much in life more than what I see or what I understand. And that took me on a journey to actually learn and to work on trauma. And it's been 22 years now I've been working with victims of trauma, whether it's because of incarceration or because of domestic violence. In fact, a majority of the children that we served, or all the children, 100% serving were victims of domestic violence. The father, in a fit of rage, had hit the mother and she died. Or some of them premeditated the murders. So all the children there were victims of domestic violence. So I saw what the trauma that causes. And then I also happened to see the struggles of children with who struggle with sexual violence. So India has a percentage of 53% of Indian children. These statistics are very old and very conservative, but 53% is a huge number. 53% of children are sexually abused in India. And we live with it without talking about it. We hush. We are more concerned about our family status, name, and obviously the person who is offending happens to be a family member. So you want to protect them. So that drew me into working with children who have been sexually abused. And it also led me to work with uh, trafficking, trauma because of bonded labor. So yes, I've seen quite a few types of trauma, sexual abuse, violence, and it's been an amazing journey. I would say I have learned so much and I've been amazed at the stories. And you asked me, yes, my parents' story inspired me when I was a kid. But these stories inspire me every day now. To see every life has changed, transformed. And many of them end up, we work together, right? So once you're transformed, then we join hands and fight this together. So I have many brothers and sisters together with me, fighting alongside. And I know that for a long time, people would, because of my voice, people would say, you are the voice for the voiceless. And then we were quickly able to change it. 
and make it. Now we are not. I don't have to be the voice for anybody. All of us have voices. So let's all speak together. And yes, it's been a beautiful journey. Thanks for sharing that, Pranita. It's definitely very touching and very inspiring. And all these children that you've rescued over the years. Are you in touch with them? Do you know how they're doing? I cannot say I'm in touch with everyone because there are thousands of them, but I am in touch with a few of them. It's difficult to stay in touch because it's just too many. And I work for an organization, so not not all of them are directly under my care. Even though I was kind of present when almost all of them were rescued, but I couldn't. We we were a team that worked. Yeah. In fact, I remember in 2004, it was an interesting case that I worked on. I received a client from Mumbai. She was rescued at the age of 12 from the Mumbai brothels, and I was counseling her. And by now, she was married, and she told me, "I want to see my parents, but I cannot go back." So I asked her, "Why? Why can't you go back to your home?" and then she narrated her story where she said to pay back the debt that my parents owed to the brickel owner they sold me to the brothel and now i'm rescued from the brothel but my parents and siblings are still in the brickel so we decided to take up that case and we worked that case and it was a very difficult case because i had to travel overnight journey so that's about 16 hours and get to this place it was in 2004 when i we didn't have mobile phones we did not have google maps and there was no way to connect back to my family so if i go i go if i don't come back i don't come back so you say your goodbyes before you leave and so i went with my colleague we did the investigation the people were so afraid in the brickel none of them after two days of convincing none of them wanted to speak up they were so scared they knew that if they ever the owner ever knew that they spoke up they would be killed so that was a failure we couldn't go ahead with that plan so the only option we had was to get an undercover footage of the owner himself admitting that he had these slaves and that my friend owed him so much of money and until she repays it he will not let the family go so we managed to get this you know footage after a difficult difficult time got it we get back to our hotel room and to my shock only the audio is there because we were using a pinhole camera and the camera had slipped by a few millimeters and we couldn't get the video I was so disappointed we went back did it rescued 88 people and till today I'm in touch with them the entire family of my friend was rescued and yeah we I'm in touch with all of them like the cyclone they call me and ask how are you and we are in 2020 so it's it's lifelong relationships friendships that we build when we do these rescues and of course we and cannot speeches. do the rescues but yeah we 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 have to work with the government so the government officials were helpful they came with us they read our documentation and actually came and 
you know, set them free with a certificate mm-hmm. saying that you are no longer bonded laborers, you are free. So, yes. Pranita, how do you come to know about such situations and cases? Initially, it was very difficult. You know, we had to go around and find these places. But today, it's changed completely because when we started out, nobody knew, including myself, that there was bonded labor. We didn't even understand this problem. In India, we have million bonded laborers, but none of us knew how to go about it or what to do about it. So when we started, it was difficult. We had to ourselves go find these facilities, document them secretly and do the rescues. And as we began to work with the government and free more and more people, whether it's bonded labor, domestic violence, child sexual abuse, all of these caseworks, what we found is that then the people who survive are the ones who start sharing the story. And as they speak, more people come forward. And that, I think, is the most effective way we have found to get cases is word of mouth and somebody else who's been set free. Also, the government themselves call us because now we work with them very closely. So if there is a case, the government is overwhelmed with so much work as well as priorities. So if you have somebody who's willing to partner and do the documentation, the paperwork, they are willing to cooperate and set them free. So if there is a case, we get referrals from the government. We get referrals from communities. We use social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. So people see our helpline number. We have a very simple one, which is 9500025000. And we get calls to do any kind of casework, yes. And the organization you work for, what is it called? It's called Justice and Hope. And Pranita, what are the biggest challenges that you face in this work? If I can say challenges, living in a place like India, I say that the social worker will never go out of job. Like you just have enough and more. I think it's more kind of a burden or a frustration that I carry with me that there is so much to do and there is so little time and resources and in some ways freedom because of every country has its own laws and political limitations. And so I think that would be my biggest challenge that there is so much to do and we don't have the time and the resources to help everybody. And at the same time, I understand that we cannot help everyone. That's the first thing. The second struggle that I've had is, I think, the balance between one life, uh, my family. Uh, I've really, really struggled with. I have two children, 14 and 7. And it was okay. I think my husband married me. He knew this is what I will be doing. He may work with the prisoners. And he was prepared for that. But I think when children come, then the role of a mother is you just can't come to the same way. And so that had become and I think I struggled and in many ways I feel like I failed because both my children at one point felt so sick. I was lost both in two different points. 
And then I have to stop myself and say, my children cannot replace the mother, but everybody can do. And so I thought I should first take care of them and then work. So I do that now, but it's still a challenge. I'm not able to give time to both as much as I would like to. And also, I think this is not a big challenge, but I traveled a lot. I traveled to interior villages and my voice is almost, I mean, it, it, it sounds like a sore throat, but I lost 60% of right side and I carry the, the pain of just, it's a fibromyalgia, which is a very dull pain, which I've been carrying for more than 25 years now. And that's how we diagnosed the brain tumor in the first place. So that pain is sometimes so intense that it, it stops me from working. But on an average, I think I work much more than anybody else. So I wouldn't say that is a challenge, but I feel sometimes if the pain is not there, I can move. You're a true inspiration, Pranita. I'm so happy that we could hear the story today. What is your greatest message to our listeners? I would say that uh, I think each one of us at the core, I mean, this is from my story, and so I can say this, we want to be loved and we have the capacity to love. And so I think I feel like I found my purpose when I've loved completely and I'm able to love others. And that is what I do. You can look at all the work and say, you can call it rescue, you can call it any of these big names. But at the bottom of it, I think it's just love in action. So as you see people suffering around you, and just reach out to them and love them. I thought I couldn't do it in the beginning, because I didn't know how to do it. But just taking the first step that you can with what you have, like I shared, I couldn't speak, but I could just live with them and do the little things that I can without speaking. And so you can do that. You can do what you want. You can help your neighbors with the little you have, or much you have. And that would be my message. Just love your neighbors, love the people around you. And that step is enough. Yeah, I think that's a profound message that you can love and you have, you are lovable. And I think it's a beautiful message to take away on a Thanksgiving weekend. Thank you so much, Pranita. It was a true honor to have you here. I wish you the best of luck in this work. And I also wish you the best of health. Thank you. Thank you, Yeah, It's been a pleasure talking to you and a great privilege. Thanks for joining us this week on Heroes of New York. Make sure to visit our website, anusainan.com, where you can subscribe to the show in iTunes. If you love the show, please leave a rating on iTunes so that we can continue to bring you amazing episodes. Thanks for listening and see you in two weeks from now.